0: Thank you for checking out the Mercy Hill Church Sermon Podcast. If you would like to know more about Mercy Hill, you can visit us on the web at mercyhill.cc. Without further ado, uh, Corey, why don't you come on up? Uh, this is Corey Knudsen. Uh, for all you who didn't know, the K is not silent; it's Knudsen. Um, and Corey's going to bring the word to us this morning. So take it away, Corey. Good morning, everyone. <clears throat> The last time I preached was almost a year ago uh, from around this time. So that was the first time I preached, and I feel like today's the first time I'm going to preach again because it was like a year ago. Um, But it's uh, an honor to serve this church, and I just want to start by saying thank you um, so much for your prayers and support um, as Brooke and I are uh, youth leaders and help on the worship team and um, just amazing people in this church and in the ministries themselves. Uh, so please continue to pray and pray for uh, the youth, for the church, and and just the people. Um, I know these kids love the Lord, and and if they don't, you know, we we pray because we want them to come to know the Lord. And um, I can imagine that what greater joy for a parent to know that their kid is walking uh, with the Lord and following Him. So let me pray, and then we'll just dive right in. Lord Jesus, thank you for this morning, um, <clears throat> God. More than anything, I pray that you would speak. Uh, just through me, Lord, we pray your words would be heard. Um, God, that we would be changed. That as we leave here, we wouldn't be the same, God. But we would be transformed by the power of your Spirit. We ask that in your Son's name. Amen. People are searching and searching. People are searching for something in their lives, and this is what I want to talk about today. And as we unpack it, I want us to think um, about this. Think of maybe somebody in your life who doesn't know the Lord. Maybe think of somebody who does, and they're still searching and unsure um, what they're searching for. Jean McCarthy, who's 65 reportedly paid around $7,000 to a professional matchmaking service on the intent of meeting a catch. Instead, she claimed she was baited, getting just one date with a man with a rap sheet. Her suitor had um, quite a few drunk driving convictions and an outstanding warrant. She's now suing her local branch of two of us. On social media, people are obsessed with posting things or getting likes or uh, wanting people to almost see them, right? See that they're there, they're present, um, feel like they're adored in some way. It's not just social media, it's not just uh, services or or things like that. Because I'm a musician, I listen to radio stations and music and Brooke and I have this ongoing battle all the time because she loves pop music and anything like that, and I like kind of the adult, older hits and things like that. But in either way, it seems like every single song is about one thing, and that's love. When you listen to music, um, it always seems like every song has a theme of love in one way or another, except maybe like a country song that's about a truck or a dog or something like that. <laughs> but I guess even that, they're obsessed with their truck, so they're still in love with it, so... We search for love everywhere. We sing about it. We post about it. We make movies and TV shows. There's a show called The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. Have you guys ever seen that? It's so sad. I I watch it. We watch it sometimes. It's horrible. I'm I'm ashamed to admit it. But when I watch it, my heart almost hurts sometimes because there's people on that show who all they want is love, right? Obviously, some people just want camera time. But in the end, you still hear their stories, and it's like heartbreaking because these people have been hurt and hurt and time again... And yet they still, they still want that love. When I was little, um, my dad, what do I say? I'd be playing, we'd be playing a game in the yard or something like that. And this is maybe when I was f- between 5 and 10 years old. So I'd be out in the yard playing tag or, you know, fill in the blank, whatever kind of kid game. And run around, I'm the youngest of four. And in the middle of this intense game of tag or something, I would stop, kind of turn, run to my parents, and give them a hug. How many, how many of your kids have done that before? How many of you have kids? Anyone? A hug or a kiss or something kind of in the middle, just kind of random. <clears throat> I guess my thought was just, why, why is that? Why did I do that, you know? My parents didn't tell me that, hey, make sure you run up and give me a hug during the game. I just did it. <laughs> Maybe I'm needy. Maybe I'm more needy than others. <clears throat> Maybe there's some here who have had a different story. <clears throat> Maybe maybe you weren't loved by your parents or maybe you were betrayed by somebody who is is supposed to love you. Even in the midst of this destruction, we still want to be loved. There's still this desire within us to be loved. Why? What I want to propose this morning is that before we were created, this was in us. This desire to be loved. Ecclesiastes 3.11 It says, God has placed eternity into the heart of man. We're not going to unpack this a bit, but I just want to think about that in this way. What does this mean in light of our searching for love and never truly finding it? That God has placed eternity into the heart of man. Before I needed a hug from my parents, and they never told told me to hug them, I just did it, right? I had a desire to be loved, to be accepted. And in the same way, in the beginning, before the earth was created, love existed. Who knows what the Trinity is? Woo! So Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? I'm not going to get into a whole theological thing. And uh, Larry, he goes, man, good for you for talking about the Trinity this morning. But um, it is important. But I think one of the things that uh, we often overlook, and one of the things that has been on my heart is this idea that before the world was created, there was love, right? It existed within the Trinity itself. Between the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, there was a loving relationship. A lot of times we forget that. We think they're all separate, right? They're three different people. They do their own thing or something, but it's not. They're all within the same being, right, as the Trinity. And there was community. There was uh, social interaction among them. There was a loving relationship. All they had was there. We were created for this relationship. We were created for God and to be like Him. So why do we desire to be loved? Because we were made to share in this loving relationship within the Trinity. Not only this, but when I think about going back to the beginning, um, the services, I'm not like the matchmaking thing and that kind of story I read it seemed Ram, but... I'm not harking on that. My brother just got married the other week and he met a girl on a matchmaking service from Columbia and now they're married and they're perfect for each other, you know? Uh, But my point being is people search for things and in that instance, it's um, a partner, right? It's to be loved. Other ways, it's to be accepted, um, fill in the blank. But we're searching for a relationship that we want to last and our problem is we're humans on earth, right? Right? So, when you search for a relationship on earth, we know what? It's only temporary. Everything we have been given, we can't carry with us after we're gone. C.S. Lewis says if we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world satisfies, the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. We're never going to be satisfied with the relationship that we chase after and we want on this earth. I'll never be satisfied with my relationship, my marriage to Brooke. I'll never be satisfied with my relationship with my parents, with my brothers and sisters. And that's because I wasn't made for this world. I wasn't made for relationships on this earth. We were made and created for a relationship that's eternal. To be part of uh, this social interaction, this community within the Trinity. So as we dig deeper and go through some scripture, I want us to think about this idea that we will always be longing for something more and that there's people in our lives who are searching for this exact relationship. But then we pose the question, Where does the gospel fit in? Right When you think about how we have been searching, how the Trinity has existed before the earth began, and how we're made for that relationship. We were created to worship God, to love Him with all our heart and soul and might. And we sang that this morning. We're invited in through the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. We're invited in through the gospel. To this relationship. We sinned and fell from God, but the good news is that through grace and mercy and love, God sent His Son so that we can be invited back into this relationship with Him. And that's the Gospel, right? That's where the Gospel fits in. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He sent His only Son that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. That they would have... E- an eternal loving relationship with the one true God, that they would be fully satisfied by the one who created them, wouldn't need to search any longer for the love they have been desiring their whole lives, and they would be fully known more than anyone or anything has ever known them in their entire lives. Wow. That's pretty amazing when you think about it, right? If our deepest desire is to be loved, what's at the heart of that is that we want to be known by someone. We want to be adored and accepted, and we want this person to know every part of us, right? But when we search for a relationship on this earth that's temporary, we'll never ever receive that. That's just how it is, because we were made for an eternal, loving relationship. We can't miss that. And we can't miss that we're invited in by the power of Jesus Christ. Amen? Uh-oh. Oh, Oh, there we go. (laughs) Lost my place. Okay. So when we think about this idea of being fully known, um, I felt like the Lord was leading me to Psalm Psalm 139, if you want to turn there, um, just the first 18 verses. And I talked about a little bit, but I said, apart from Jesus, I'm not satisfied. And even within that, on earth, we can have Jesus and still feel not satisfied because we're not complete yet. We're not with him. But not Brooke or a friend or a family member knows me. They don't know my bone structure. They don't know how I was created. How many hairs are on my head, right? These things you never think about. God knows you in this way as well. And we see it through the heart of David in this chapter. So I just want to read it kind of slowly and let it sink in. Just let the word of God wash over you. Oh Lord. You have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O oh Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, and I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit, or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Hades, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost depths of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you, for you form me, you form my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God, how vast is the sum of them. If I would count them there more than the sand, I awake and I'm still with you. That's how I want to be known. You know? I don't want to be known um, for superficial things or anything like that. I want to be known by someone who knows me the best. And that's God. Right? That's the person who literally created my body, who I am, my physical structure, who knitted me in my mother's, mother's womb, who before I even was a physical being on earth was thinking about me. That's incredible to think about. He knows. Every part of us. <clears throat> and when we were all dead in our trespasses and sins, Christ died, rose again, invited us in, and people didn't know that this eternal loving relationship exists. I had to do a little bit of rhyme because I'm a musician. I like songs and stuff like that, so that's what it. <clears throat> and so we come to this. We, we think about where we're at now. We're... Um, we know this loving relationship was created for us for us to be a part of it, right? But what does that mean after we know the gospel um, invites us into this relationship? Does it end there? It doesn't end there, right? Because what are we called to do? The book of John says God loved, or God first loved us, right? And so we love others. It's out of that love we love others. The gospel requires us to share. And that may be um, just telling someone. I was working at Radio Shack after my first year of college, before I went to Visible. Spent way too much money on just different schools and stuff. So anyway, so after, <laughs> after my first college, I was working at Radio Shack. And uh, I'm in there, my manager's in the back room, and I'm just sitting sittin in uh, the building, you know, just kind of sitting there. Anyway, so this guy walks in, and he needs help. He's a young guy. At the time, I think I was uh, 19, maybe, and he was probably about that same age. So he walks in. He needs help finding a microphone, which is crazy. That's the first time ever and always that somebody will find a microphone there. Usually people go in for fuses, and that's it, I think, but I'm not sure. Anyway, so he needs a microphone, so I'm helping him. I help him. I get the mic, and we pick it out. And then in the midst of this, he looks at me and says, hey, I want to tell you something, but I don't want you to be offended. I say okay, and he says, "Do you know that God loves you?" I sat there. I was like, "Huh," like kind of startled at the time. He didn't know that I wasn't walking with the Lord. He didn't know that um, I didn't really care for that relationship at the time. The way I was living was complete opposite than what the Bible tells us. Right? He responded to the Spirit's leading, and he felt like I need to tell this guy, "Hey, do you know that God loves him?" Now, on my part, I still kept you know, not walking with the Lord, and just kind of brushed off, because through my teeth, I was like, oh yeah, God, I know God loves me, like, my dad's a pastor, I grew up in the church, yeah, I know that, you know, and told him, and I even invited him to church, you know, so, whatever, but, <clears throat> it's ridiculous, so, but this guy, the part I wants to know is that he, he knew that he needed to say that, right? He, he felt the Spirit's leading, he wanted somebody to know that God loves them the way they're loved. Um, this past week, Uh, John and I went to the visitation for Naomi, and they had all these sheets with with things, and um, so I got this one, and it was perfect, because I I was trying to think of, like, who's a person we can all relate to, right? When we're talking about loving others, and um, some of you may know her well. I I didn't know her that well. I knew her a little bit, but um, I feel like I've learned a lot more after she's passed away, which is um, crazy, but... This little sheet and it talks about her accomplishments, um, her favorite book author, advice, things like that. But it says why I minister to other, and she goes because I have such a love for people and I want them to know where they're going when they leave this earth. And then after that, she says what inspires me realizing that I'm so loved. And I thought that is so cool. Like she, <clears throat> she knew she was loved by God. She got it. she knew that this loving relationship existed. And she was a part of it, and not only that, but then she was. Um, so loved that she wanted people to know this love, so she wanted to share it, right? She didn't want to hold it in. She wanted to tell people about this love. What an awesome legacy for our church to to fall in. She was a clown. She, she was a clown so she could go share the gospel with people. She dressed up and, and made people laugh and nursing homes and things like that and uh, saying everybody has to go become a clown now, you know? Um, and it's in different ways. It's in subtle ways. It's not just we see somebody in a Radio Shack and we just straight up are like, "God loves you," and you have to believe in them. You know, it, it's not like that. Um, I believe, and a lot of guys here might work in the mills or shifts and things like that. And it's just the way you carry yourself there, right? If if you love people and you actually um, desire for them to be a better person, desire them to know the Lord, then it's just the way you carry yourself at work. You might be. Um, cutting metal or welding or whatever, um, but people see there's a difference in you, right? You don't even have to use words a lot of the time. I feel like um, when I was working at Lowe's way back in the, the day before I went to Visible, my, I got into the office, I thought I was in trouble, and they gave me a raise and said, you're a testament to your generation because you work hard. And I thought, I didn't even work that hard, you know? But <laughs> there's this difference now where kids don't necessarily work as hard, I guess, and I was a hard worker, but that in itself was a testimony because he thought it was different and he starts asking different questions. You know, why, why is it you work so hard and things like that and I want to be a minister. Oh, you can do that? Do you get paid for that? Like all this stuff, you know. Anyway, about started because I just worked hard and he saw that. We must tell a broken world that their hearts can be made whole. Francis Chan says this about true love and I think it's so good. He says, it is just the sort of love talking about um, true love. So Christ, the love we receive from Christ, and then the love that out of that we share with others and and love on others with. And he says, It is just this sort of love that is crazy to the world. True love, a kind found nowhere but to Christ. And we're called to share that love, not with just people that we love, right? Our friends and family, but with our enemies. We are commanded to love our enemies and do good to them. Who are your enemies? (laughs) Or in terms we connect better with, who are the people you avoid or who avoid you? What are the people who have hurt you or hurt your friends or hurt your kids? Are you willing to do good to those people to reach out to them? That's hard, you know? We are called to love our enemies, our friends, our family, our spouses, whoever it is, because God first loved us. And it doesn't, it doesn't even end there, right? I, I think we're called to, to do that. Um, but the hope and the prayer is that through the Spirit, people would come to Jesus, right? Even after you're, you share that love in your testimony, people might just ignore you. Um, when that guy said, do you know that God loves you? I could have been like, no, I don't want anything to do with that. Leave me alone. You know, that's kind of the end of it. Okay, and he just leaves and it's awkward, whatever. He bought the mic too, so that would have been even more awkward. because So... <clears throat> But the hope and prayer is that people would come to Jesus. And when I think about John 3.16, um, for God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, the first part of it, He says He gave, right? Part of um, our relationship with the Lord is that we share and we give to others. We give them the gospel, right? We give them the good news that they can be loved in a way no one else can love them. We must tell them that the greatest act of love birthed out of the greatest loving relationship ever was God sending His Son, Christ Jesus, to die on the cross for our sins. We must tell them that they can have this loving relationship with Him. He will never break your heart. He will never destroy you and leave you all alone. He will love you, give you rest, comfort you, heal you, restore you, redeem you, provide for you, and take care of you. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on, and that's because He fully knows us more than anybody else ever will. And yet people search and search for this love. We long for something more than this life has to offer. And we were created with a sense that life continues beyond this present existence and so we search. Again, Ecclesiastes says, God has placed eternity in the heart of man. We are born with this sense that there's something more, right? Right? My prayer is that for everyone who doesn't believe, and even those that do, but aren't sure, that their searching would lead them to the arms of Jesus Christ. I just want to, as I kind of start to conclude, or conclude, <laughs> uh, Matthew 11, verses 28 to 30, I think these are good words to end on. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus loves us so much, he wants us to come to him. I I love the Lord. I believe in him. I still need to come to him, right? For rest. I still need to come to him when things are going horribly wrong in my life, when things are going horribly great in my life. I need to come to him because he's the only one that will provide the true rest I need. He's the only one that knows me so well. But he also desires for people who don't know him, right? Who seek him, who are searching for them to come to him for rest. So as we uh, close here, we're going to move to communion. Um, I think just it's an, it's an encouragement. It's not like a sad, sad thing, right? To, to know that we're loved. Um, to follow after footsteps of people like Naomi who loved the Lord and she's with him. Um, that Radio Shack guy who told me he loved, you know, do, do you know that God loves you? Um, just think of stories. God is pursuing each and every one of us whether we've accepted it to this point or we haven't, whether we have and we're far from it, right? God is pursuing you. He wants a relationship with you. You were created for that relationship. I'm going to pray, and um, I think Larry's going to leave us in communion, but um, I love you all. I I love this church, and um, I just am so grateful that more than anything else, I can be a part of that loving relationship. Um, and, and just be encouraged by that. Um, before you were born, God was forming you. He knew you more than anything else. He created you to worship Him, to love Him, and to spend your life in His presence, uh, being a part of that community, but not keeping it to herself, but sharing that, in whichever way you feel the Spirit is leading you to do. Amen? Father, thank you so much for this morning, God. I'm so grateful for the hope in Jesus Christ. Father, this message is nothing new. It's the gospel. But the gospel is new every time we think about it, every time we read your scriptures, God. It's your words, God, when we read them, it should make us new and make us different, God. So I pray that we're different, for just opening your word and and hearing from it, from encountering you, God, I pray. Um, Conversations don't stop here, Lord. Um, If there's somebody who is placed on your heart this morning, begin to pray, how can I love them? How can I show the love of Christ in which I have received? How can I show that to them? Father, I pray that you would... um, Keep us wrapped in your arms this week, Lord, and that until we come together again or see each other during the week, um, we would be aware of each other and, and pray for one another, bear each other's burdens, Lord, as you've called us to do, and then through all this, Lord, that you would receive the glory and honor. We pray this in your son's name.